Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the PoetCast, Whittier College's podcast run by the Office of Admission. My name is Charlie Newman. I'm one of the admission counselors in the office. And today's episode, we're going to be going over fellowships. So in order to help me with that, I have a very special guest who I'll go ahead and allow them to introduce themselves now. Hello, everybody. I am Professor Sylvia Patrone. I am the current fellowships director for the Whittier College campus, and I'm also an associate professor of biology, as well as the James Irvine, sorry, James Irvine Foundation Chair of Biological Sciences. So I've been at Whittier now for few moons, so I have um, a lot of information to share with you, and I'm really grateful to be doing this podcast for you all today. Awesome. Thank you very much, Sylvia. So to get, um, I guess, a good foundation just to start us off uh, all on the same page, bare minimum, bare basics, uh, what are fellowships? What are they even uh, there for, for students to take advantage of? Okay. That's actually a really good question because a lot of students, you know, they've heard that term, but they really don't know what it all means and how it is all different from something that they're usually more um, familiar with, which is the internship. So an internship, um, I'll start there first, is typically something that is very professionally based and it's more, you know, getting into business. So getting your foot into a specific uh, career field. And so when we think of an internship, oftentimes we think, you know, these positions um, are going to be with a company or some foundation and you're going to be working with someone um, or, or a department but you're typically not gonna get paid. So this is kind of all on a a volunteer basis, but at the same time, by doing this internship, you kind of get your foot in the door, you get to network, and hopefully that will then turn into possibly a paid position in the future. So um, what's really interesting about internships is that they actually also run the gamut. So some of them, you know, you think you're like, okay, you got the foot in the door, you're making some FaceTime, but you're not really gaining a lot of skills per se, because they might have you running errands or they might have you, you know, doing clerical work or something like that. But then some of them, you know, you're going to, they're really going to dive you in, you know, throw you into the deep end and really have you work on a project or something. So they're going to be a little bit more meaty, if you will. And so you're going to gain a lot of skills. So because it kind of runs the gamut, internships are, are an excellent way to, once again, get your foot in the door to specific uh, career area. But on the other hand, a fellowship is somewhat similar, but actually a much more robust experience. And the difference for this is because fellowships are fully paid. So you're going to have an experience that's going to help you to grow academically, professionally, and as an individual. So let me give you an example. So let's say that there is a foundation that you want to work with and they happen to have a fellowship. The fellowship experience is typically going to be anywhere from eight to 12 weeks long. For the most part, they tend to happen in the summer periods and they are once again fully paid. The other thing about a fellowship experience is that it's also 100% mentored. So you're actually going to get one-on-one mentorship because you're tied in 
to working with someone who's going to essentially share the ropes with you on whatever it is that they do. So it's usually going to be project based. So you're going to be working with a mentor. You're going to be gaining all of these professional skills. You're going to be growing um, academically because oftentimes you have to apply some of your foundational knowledge that you've gained throughout your undergraduate coursework. Um, so you're going to be tapping into that um, into that education that you already have. And then of course, you're going to grow as an individual because you're going to learn a lot about yourself and how you work in a team, how you work as a leader, but in a somewhat, you know, more professional setting. Now, the other thing is that um, these fellowship opportunities don't always necessarily happen in industry per se. They can also happen in academia. So really what that means is you can be having a fellowship experience at another college or university working with a faculty member there working on some project. Um, other examples of fellowship opportunities are, let's say that you're an individual that's really interested in cultures and language. And specifically, let's say you're really interested in tapping into um, your German roots or something. You're really fascinated by, by Germany and the German culture. And so it turns out that there's a fellowship that you can apply for that is taking place in Germany. You're gonna be working with a company and part of that fellowship is there's also gonna be a language course attached to it. So you're essentially gonna get paid to go to Germany get some um, professional experience because you're going to be working with that company. But then at the same time, you're going to get cultural experience, not just because you're in a different country and you're exploring and learning and engaging with the people of that country, but you're also going to um, have the opportunity to learn the language. So um, really fellowships allow you to explore a lot more in a very structured um, mentor fashion. So that's a fellowship in a nutshell. <laughs> That's an amazing, uh, I guess, summary or anything. And it sounds like from what you're saying that there's definitely a fellowship out there for everybody. If there's a student out there that wants to do some kind of research, wants to get their um, their feet wet in some kind of field or industry, there's going to be a fellowship that they'll be able to apply for. So I myself, I was fortunate enough to receive a fellowship when I was a Whittier College student. Uh, I did one over the summer of 2017, and I think we still have it. We have the Andrasic uh, Gross Fellowship still, Sylvia? That is correct. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So I loved it. And it was able, uh, it was one of the fellowships that was one of those ones that I think was really focused on going to another place and experiencing another culture. And I got to get that fellowship to do research in Japan. I really wanted to do that. I really wanted to be in Japan and experience some of the culture while doing some research there. But for other opportunities, other fellowships that are out there for different kinds of students that have different ideas um, for what they want to do, what's the best way for students to find those opportunities that work specifically for what they have in mind. Okay, and that's wonderful that you got to experience a fellowship opportunity. Um, yes, yeah, so actually, um, the other thing I also wanted to say about fellowships really quickly, which is really important, is that fellowships can also allow students to be able to do an unpaid internship because the fellowship could be the mechanism that allows the student to get the money to be paid to do the unpaid internship. So that's also another way to kind of go about it. So, you know, how do you get started? Like, how do you find the right fellowship for you? Because really that's, that's key. And so uh, the first uh, best way to do this is to contact me. <laughs> 
right? Because I can have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with the student, get to know a little bit about what it is that they're interested in, and then be able to share some resources to kind of get them started. Um, and so we also have a fellowships website that the that students can go to um, if they just go into the search button and put in uh, fellowships into the search engine on our Whittier webpage. They can get to the link right away to the general fellowships webpage. So um, there two types of fellowships if I were to categorize them. And so there are fellowships that are managed externally. So again, these are gonna be by companies, by industry, by nonprofit organizations, by other colleges and universities, right? Those are happening outside of Whittier. And so those would be called external fellowship opportunities. And then of course, there are some fellowships that we have here on our own campus that are only open to Whittier College students. And so the information for both of these can be found on our Whittier College Fellowship webpage, but um, you can also do just a Google, a Google search. So you can put in fellowships for undergraduates in, and then put your field in, right? So in biology research, in psychology, in, you know, uh, undergraduate fellowships for pre-law, undergraduate fellowships for pre-med, or undergraduate fellowships for art curation, right? So it really is, it doesn't matter what your major is, um, there's a fellowship out there for you. And there's many ways to get access to begin to search for your fellowships. And I also have been curating and collecting a pretty long list of various fellowships that I have organized by academic um, air, uh, divisions, such as the humanities or the social sciences or the natural sciences. Um, and even that list that's about, I think, like 10 pages long now is still just a scratch on the surface. So I have that as a PDF that I um, share with students when they're interested in getting started. And um, the reason I don't put that on the website is because it changes all the time. And so this way, the document stays living, if you will, and I can keep adding or removing fellowships that are um, no longer uh, active. So best, best way is to first reach out to the fellowships director, um, send them a quick email and, and get started in that way. Terrific. Wow. So and then uh, from my own experience, when I came to actually applying for the fellowship, once I found the one that I wanted to uh, receive and apply for, I think that it was basically a research proposal. And I'm not sure, is that the way that all fellowships are run? Is that how you apply to all of them? Or do they have different sort of uh, ways to apply for each one, depending on what it's about or what it provides? That is a really good question. I'm glad that you answered that because oftentimes um, students that are very familiar with these um, are going to think, okay, I'm going to be working on a project. So do I have to propose my own project? And it really just depends on what the what the mission, what the objective of the fellowship is. So, um, for example, there are some fellowships that are that the objective of the fellowship is for the student to engage in some type of a project, right? Some type of creative project. So it could be research, it could be an art. Um, project, right? So it could be a social justice project, whatever it may be. And so um, in that sense, it can be left open. So 
that the student can essentially propose their own project, right? So they're, they're interested in working on X, and so they're going to write up that proposal and submit with that. Or it might be that there is a faculty person that they want to work with who already has a project going, and they want to be part of contributing to that project. So the project could already be established. And so then the proposal is talking about the established project and what aspect they're going to be working on and how they're going to contribute to the ongoing project. So it's really tied to what each individual fellowship, um, what their objective is, and all fellowships, whether they're internal or external, are going to give you a lot of information about exactly what you're going to be doing and um, what it is that they expect for you to include in that application. So are you just identifying people that you want to work with? Are you identifying areas that are of interest to you? Or do you actually have to put your own proposal together? So it's really fellowship specific. Okay, great. But then that's the beautiful thing about having folks like you in these departments that you're able to help them understand the process for each one. And along with, I'm assuming, the mentors for each one as well, because you said that fellowships, if you get one, you're going to have mentors that's going to show you the ropes. So you're not going in all alone. You're going to have the support that you need to make sure that you're successful. So uh, one more question that I have is mm -hmm. that student, uh, they find the fellowship that they want, they apply for it, they get it, they're fortunate enough to actually receive the fellowship. So now they go out and they, they actually do the research, they do the project that, that the fellowship was for. Once they're done, once they complete it, is there any sort of uh, follow-up, any next steps, anything that is like a, a, a takeaway that they have to provide uh, after the fellowship is complete? So the answer to that is yes. So because fellowships are paid, you're getting paid to have this experience. At the end of the fellowship, you have what is known as a deliverable. So what is the end product that you can turn in that is going to demonstrate your growth during that experience. So sometimes um, that deliverable for a fellowship could be the form of a paper, or it could be the form of a um, reflective narrative, or maybe again, if it's if it's more of a creative art theater kind of situation, you know, maybe it's your art pieces or your spoken word or you know. Um, your performance piece or what have you, right? So at the end of engaging in that experience, you know, you're going to have something to show for that. And so oftentimes, um, the majority of these fellowships, the deliverable, you're, you're, you know, you're getting paid. So that last payment doesn't um, get you don't get that last payment until you submit your deliverable. And so typically those deliverables are going to be some form of a paper and some form of a public presentation. That public presentation can happen um, at, at some kind of symposium um, at that institution or that foundation or where, wherever it is um, in the space that you're in. Um, if they are an on-campus fellowship, um, that, that public presentation would be, you know, at ERSCA that we typically hold um, towards the towards the end of April in the spring every year. So it's an opportunity for you to share, you know, and um, disseminate the, the information that you gathered and you experienced in that fellowship opportunity. And that's also a great way to get some experience in presenting because if you're doing a fellowship or something that you're interested in, especially an industry that you want to get into, 
what better thing to put on your resume than a presentation in front of many of your peers that are also doing research-based projects like that. Uh, fantastic. So I guess with all of this um, that, we've, that we just went over, any uh, recommendations, tips, advice for students that are now, they have all this information, they know what they need to do, anything that maybe uh, they might not know that you can give them any kind of like tips on for the process, for the execution, for the follow-up, anything at all? Yes. So uh, there's a couple of things to keep in mind. So, you know, everybody knows that, or at this point, hopefully I've impressed upon everybody that doing fellowships is a wonderful thing for, for an individual as a, as a person, right? Again, as an academic, for you to grow um, professionally and for you to grow as a person. But it kind of goes beyond that too, because as you just mentioned, Charlie, this is something you can put on your resume. This is something you can put on your CV. And the more, the other kind of cherry on the top that people don't really think about is that you are having this mentored experience. So there's someone out there that has worked with you very, very closely that's going to be able to serve as a future recommender for you and the thing that you're going to do next, right? Whether that's get a job or go to graduate school or go to a professional program such as law or medicine or what have you, you're going to need letters of rec. So that person that served as your mentor for your fellowship is going to think that you are the bee's knees. You impress them till, you know, the next day cometh and they're going to be more than willing to write a glowing letter of recommendation from you. And that is really worth its weight in gold right there. So the important thing then is, you know, or should I say the hardest part then is a lot of students feel a little bit overwhelmed about getting started. And so once again, this is where um, the fellowship director, such as myself, is here to help reduce that anxiety, reduce that feeling of overwhelmness, because I'm going to be working with with the student one-on-one -on -one to help them identify the right fellowships for them. And then once they've done that, I'm going to continue to work with the student and help them develop a organized method of working that's going to allow them to apply not just to one fellowship, but multiple fellowship opportunities. And I'm going to assist them with making sure that they're, the people who are going to write them letters of recommendation are the best helping them figure out who are the best people to write them those letters. The next thing are the essays that are associated with some of these fellowship applications. I'm going to be working with the student to give them feedback on their essays so that their essays not only answer the prompt, but are really highlighting their, um, their expertise and their enthusiasm and that their personalities are shining through. Then the other aspect of this is once it's all, that's really the hardest part, right? It's, it's, finding them and then doing the application. And that could seem daunting, but it doesn't have to be if you're getting the assistance. And that's really what my main priority is as the fellowship um, director is to help students. And I help students all year round. I also continue to help students with this once they've graduated from Whittier and they're applying for, for fellowships, right, or, or other internship opportunities. And I, I continue to assist students. It doesn't matter. Once you're a Whittier poet, you're always a Whittier poet. And so it's always best to don't go in blindly, always put your best foot forward. And the only way that you can do that is to get somebody to help you with the process 
get fresh eyes on those essays, making sure there's no typos, making sure you answer the prompts and just kind of helping you kind of keep everything in order and making sure that you've dotted your I's and you've crossed your T's so that when the application goes through, it's the best representation of you and your, your um, capability and your candidacy for that program. Wonderful. It's always great to hear about the amount of support that students get for anything that they're doing at Whittier, but especially for fellowships. And being a Whittier College alum myself, I can speak firsthand on the fact that it's really true. I mean, the level of support that I felt was unparalleled. And I'm so glad that to this day, like you said, once a poet, always a poet. I still have professors reaching out to me even now that are actually unaware that I'm working for the college. And they would reach out to me and asking, you know, what I'm up to, if there's anything they can do, anything that they want to catch up on over Zoom or a, a coffee or something like that. So that level of support's fantastic. And now I think after this session here, there's no excuses for anyone listening to this podcast episode. Everyone here should be applying to fellowships as soon as they walk in their college's campus. So Sylvia, thank you again for taking the time out of your day to speak to all of us, teach us a bit more about fellowships and all the opportunities that are out there. And hopefully we can get some students in your office to talk about getting a fellowship in the coming uh, years to come. So thank you again, really appreciate it. And for all you folks out there, thank you for listening to another episode and look forward to the next one. Take care. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to visit us at www.whittier.edu admission for more information about the college and becoming a future poet. We're currently accepting applications for new first year and transfer students. For more information on fellowships at Whittier College, check out www.whittier.edu fellowships. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify so you don't miss any future episodes and feel free to come through the archives for past episodes with more content about Whittier College and the college search and application processes. Thanks again for listening to the PoetCast.